St. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. He thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night, your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. Today's scripture reading is Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21, referred to as the parable of the rich fool. I must admit I had to read it a few times before it really made sense to me. The passage tells us that a person in the crowd approached Jesus and said, Father, tell my brother to invite his family inheritance. To what Jesus replied, Friend, who sent me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And then continued by saying, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Jesus then proceeded to tell the crowd the parable we heard earlier about this rich man who had land that had produced abundantly. And he was wondering what to do with all this abundance given that he was running out of space to start the cross. The rich man then came up with the idea of building larger barns where he could store all his grain and goods, and then he would, quote, relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Seems to be able to enjoy having goods to last for many years. So far, so good, I thought, when I was first reading the passage. The man is playing for his future and will expand his facilities to make room for all the crops, so he can enjoy his success for a long time. Now, as the project manager that I am, this seemed like a great goal, planning for future success. However, as I continued reading, Jesus quickly corrected me, just as he corrected the rich man from the passage, stating that God said to the rich man, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. 
Let's start with the first part of the reading, where a man asked Jesus to tell his brother to divide the family inheritance with him. At first, this request might sound reasonable, right? It is a request for a fair distribution of inherited wealth. And considering Jesus's principles of justice and equality, one might argue there is nothing seemingly objectionable here. However, notice Jesus replies by saying he's not a judge or an arbitrator over the man, and then cautions him about greed, pointing out that life is not the accumulation of possessions. Jesus doesn't want to meddle in private family affairs, which I have to say sounds very wise. I wish more people followed his example. Now, as I started thinking more about this, I came up with questions like, why would the brother not divide the family inheritance? Maybe there is a valid reason for it. Maybe the man asking Jesus for help didn't deserve what he was asking for. Maybe he was absent from his family while the brother took care of everything and then just showed up to ask for money. Maybe he already had too much while the rest of his family did not have enough. I can think of a multitude of reasons why this request might ultimately not be appropriate. However, I think the key message here is embedded in Jesus' reply, warning the man against greed and selfishness, wonderfully complemented by the parable of the rich man that follows. I found it interesting that the same thing happened to me on both sections of today's reading, meaning the inheritance request and then the parable. The first part of each of these sections initially sounded reasonable, but then Jesus' reaction and response served me as a call to introspection. Let's explore more on the parable itself. Upon reading the text for a second and third time, it jumped at me how the rich man appears not, be, not to be just greedy, but worse, quite a narcissist. Notice the text is very specific to tell us the rich man is thinking only about himself as he comes up with a plan for the abundant production of his land. Quote, what should I do for I have no place to store my crops? I will do this. I will put down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. That's right. No mention whatsoever of how he intended to use his wealth to share with others. He's not thinking of any family, friends, workers, nobody. And therefore, God calls him a fool and lets him see that the end of his life is coming. So what will happen with all his wealth that he can carry with him? God seems clearly upset with this man who lived a life of greed and narcissism and selfishness and was not, as the scripture says, rich toward God which I interpret as living a fulfilling life of serving God by serving our community and our planet, to use what we have been given for the benefit of those who we love, those who suffer, those who are marginalized and treated unfairly, to work for justice and equality. So really, to me, today's reading is not intended to judge or criticize prosperity or wealth, but rather a call to action to use that prosperity and that wealth to help those in need and help advance Jesus' precepts of social justice. Interestingly, very few things bring about as much happiness and inner peace as that feeling we get when we make a positive difference in someone else's life, when we reach out and help a little, sometimes with our actions, sometimes with our money. After all, how could greed make anyone happy? 
that constant ends, that nothing is ever enough, that you need to keep accumulating more and more, yet that feeling of contentment never comes. It just can't. The rich fool, as evidenced by the parable, was a narcissist. I have known narcissists before, and I have to say, I don't think they can ever be happy until they, until and unless they open up to acknowledging, respecting, and helping those around them. It must be exhausting to think that the world revolves around you and that your own gratification is all that matters. In the end, it's not just that hoarding money doesn't really help prevent tragedy or death, but also that being too focused on it keeps us, from, keeps us away from realizing our full potential as a community of helpers. I was born in Bogota, Colombia, where I lived until I was 28. At that time, I moved first to Miami and then to Houston. Having lived close to half of my life in Colombia and the other almost half in the U.S., this has given me a broad perspective on many differences between both cultures. The U.S. is for the most part an individualistic culture where success is measured in large part by the individual person's achievements where kids are taught to be independent and self-reliant at an early age, and in many cases, leaving for college outside of the home, and where parents try hard to secure their own financial future and avoid imposing on their children the burden of supporting them when they get older. Colombia, on the other hand, just as pretty much every other Spanish-speaking country, is a collectivistic culture. The differences are vast. When kids join the labor force, Unless their family is already wealthy, they usually contribute financially to their family and tend to live with their parents well into adulthood, quite often until they get married. It is not only normal, but in many cases even expected that as parents get older, their kids will financially support them, which is seen as gratitude and to pay back for everything their parents did for them when they were younger. Wealth tends to be a little better distributed within family circles but a potential downside is that it comes at the expense of independence, and in some cases, drive or motivation. Counting on the safety net of others coming to the rescue can limit the entrepreneurial spirit, and money matters can certainly be a source of conflict. I have had the privilege of experiencing firsthand both the Colombian collectivistic culture and its U.S. individualistic counterpart, and in my mind, the sweet spot is somewhere in between. While I truly value the principles of autonomy and independence, I wish the U.S. culture made more emphasis on empathy, support, and kindness, where family connection and well-being are the result of a permanent effort to help each other and to truly care. And then, as much as I appreciate and respect the family-focused culture of my native Colombia, I wish kids were given more tools to become independent thinkers and develop a sense of autonomy. At home, my wife, Amy, and I have discussed this topic multiple times, and we are trying to combine the best of both cultures to hopefully equip our kids with sufficient tools to be successful and independent, while at the same time growing up with a strong sense of social justice, empathy, and selflessness. Time will tell if we succeed in this quest. So today's scripture really spoke to me, and it was a powerful reminder of the importance of using our success and prosperity to help others, to avoid greed, 
to be generous and content with what we have. By the way, Free Economics Radio did a series of podcasts last year on this very topic, which is fascinating. If you're interested, check out the series called American Culture Series. In particular, the episode called The Pros and Cons of America's Extreme Individualism. Even though the passage from Luke that we read today stops at verse 21 with the parable of the rich fool, the next few verses are relevant to this discussion as they tell us that Jesus then went on to tell his disciples not to worry. Not worry about their lives, their food, their bodies, their clothes. He told them to stop striving to get more and more and to have faith in God. Verses 30 and 31 say, quote, for it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things, and your fathers knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well." End quote. In other words, there is nothing intrinsically wrong with money, wealth, or possessions. What matters is what we do with this wealth, how we use it in service of those who need help. What matters is where our focus is and where our priorities lie. Are we working mainly to accumulate stuff with the false pretense that it will bring us security and happiness? Or are we working for God and selflessly striving to build a better world? Because these are the actions that will ultimately make us whole, make us happy, give us a sense of achievement and purpose, being rich toward God.